Hello, photography lovers, and welcome to another episode of the Fashion Photography Podcast, the one and only place you can find everything you want and everything you need to know about the fashion photography world. My name is Virginia, I'm your host, and I'm with you every Wednesday, right here in the show, where George, the producer of the podcast, and I, we're arranging a meeting for you and some of the top artists from our industry. And every other Friday, I'm giving you some tips, little tricks, and I'm also answering your questions on how to have a sustainable photography business. Since today is Wednesday, we are simply going to continue our interview with the amazing photographer, Joy. You can hear part one of our interview with her on photographypodcast.net in case you've missed it. And in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about getting the right emotion from your model and how to guide them on posing, how to create diverse and challenging portfolio, and how to arrange it so that you can show it to your future clients. We're turning the interview into a real discussion between two photographers, so I hope it's going to be interesting for you to listen to. And let's give it a start. We're in the age right now where everyone's kind of celebrating, you know, different body sizes, different ages. It's just big time for acceptance. So I really wanted to try my hand in doing something different too. I'm always trying to have more of a diverse portfolio, especially like different skin colors, different ages. Right now I'm transitioning into shooting men too. So I'm just trying to get my book as diverse as possible have myself be challenged by that experience too. avoided sh- wanting to shoot men for a long time. And now I'm like, well, wh- what, what do I want to do different? Because I've been doing the same thing. It's important to keep challenging myself. And that's kind of going to be my next challenge. I've shot women for so long. I have shot men and it is completely different, but it I have is. to like be able to, it is, it really is. And it's <laughs> like, I'm not like a fan of muscular men. I love like more androgynous, different looks. Mm-hmm. So it's like the casting is going to be really important to me. And to be able to apply the same style that I have, like my style, to a different shoot and a different subject will be interesting. What do you think is going to be the most difficult part for you? I think the interaction is going to be different. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. The interaction and then to the emotion and the posing is going to be different. For men, it slims down a lot of posing unless... I mean, it just depends. It really depends on the model, too. That's what I was going to ask you. Are you going to stick to new faces or maybe more experienced models? Because if you work with more experienced models, it's definitely going to be easier. I think for me, I've been kind of paying attention to people's books as far as like how much emotion, because there's a lot of models their portfolio is like, they're really beautiful. It's like Mm -hmm. undeniable. Like they have like a striking face, but then I'm looking at through their book and they give the same face for every single image. And I'm trying to avoid that. Like, because I've worked with those people and they have a hard time. They really have a hard time breaking out of like that same face and they're beautiful and they book a lot of jobs that they kind of give the same emotion or like maybe lack of emotion. And they're just kind of settling on like their pretty face. It's I'm trying to avoid that and seeing models who do goofy faces or move their body in like a particular way. And I know that they're going to be able to 
convey like what I'm looking for. Do you do something or maybe say something in particular to make them relax? Yeah. In the beginning, I'm not like one of those photographers who talk through every single shot. Like, okay, now do this and put your hand there. I will give like the direction if I'm looking for something specific. But I usually in the beginning, I tell them what I'm looking for as far as emotion. And then I see what they give me. And if they need more help, I'll give that to them. But I like the shoot to be more free so I can see what they bring because I think it feels more authentic. You have a lot of smiles and laughter in your portfolio (laughs) coming from your models. So what do you do about that? I just tell them what I'm looking for. I just tell them to switch it up. I usually say something like, you do what you want, move as freely as you want, and I'll follow you. I'll catch it. Mm-hmm. So instead of like a pose, 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 I try to m- make it so that it's like more of a free movement. And I'm just there catching the moment. I think I'm exactly the opposite, to be honest. <laughs> oh, really? I always like hearing that, like hearing what other people do. I, I guess I have friends who are photographers, but not too many. So I'm always interested of like what other people's processes. Well, usually I also give them the chance to understand what we're doing exactly and what I want. But whenever they move, I'm always like, okay, you can move, but try not to make too big of a move. Like, for example, if you're facing me right now Mm -hmm. with your whole body, for example, just don't change everything. Don't turn around. Just keep a pose and switch it up a little because... I'm not shooting constantly. Like at the end of the day, I'm not going home with 10 million photos. Right. Yeah. I usually go with about, I don't know, I've never counted to be honest, but I think, yeah, I think several poses. I need a couple of minutes, maybe mostly 10 minutes and I'm done with the set Mm -hmm. because I'm sure that I have the photo, but I've been dancing for a while. I've been doing some exercises and I'm really aware how my body moves. Mm-hmm. And for some awkward reason, I know how to explain to people what to do in order to have a certain shape or something like that. So uh, it's really easy for me to give directions. That's interesting because that experience and how you apply it to photography is, I don't think I'm able to explain it as well. So I kind of like look for that moment and I'm just always constantly looking for that moment. But like explaining it, I think that's what I have a hard time doing. Mm -hmm. It's like you have that experience working with your body and being able to say exactly what you're looking for because you know what you're looking for. I don't quite like in my head, I can see it, but like verbally, I don't know if I'm able to really give that to someone. Oh, it's so easy for me. But for me, what you do would be so difficult. I would go crazy. I would be like, okay, I've got 10 million photos when he or she, they're blinking. (laughs) I'll be so pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) But for example, if I just take a look, let's say one of your photos. Okay, there is a redheaded, super sweet lady that is laughing. Can you see her on your website? I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about. It's on a white Yeah, white, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so easy for me to tell exactly to my model what to do to have this exact same pose. I will be like, okay, move up your right shoulder. Okay, turn around just a little bit. And what I'm going to do with the hair in order to move it is to ask my hairstylist just 
make a little bit of a wind over mm -hmm. here. Yes. Yeah, right? But if I have to wait for the emotion, God, I'm going to go crazy. And this is what I'm trying to do actually right now, because for me, this is going out of my comfort zone. So I'm really trying to try what you're doing right now. <laughs> and it's really pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of dancing, I kind of feel like shooting like a look is like a dance. That's kind of how I it is. feel like I explain it. We're doing a dance together. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm just going with you as you're moving and, you know, giving me all this different emotion or like posing. And I'm just like kind of catching it. And I always kind of feel like it's like we're almost in sync and it doesn't happen with every model. There's like models that like speaking of like blinking a lot. <laughs> we're doing this dance, right? But I'm just somehow <laughs> getting you every single shot is like you blinking. And I'm like, oh, no, we're not in sync. Okay, so it's not just me. <laughs> yeah, it only happens once in a while. It really, it's like really important to like vibe with the model I, yeah. and to get comfortable and kind of have this relaxation so that they feel comfortable doing what they need to do. And I'm just like catching it. But there are, and like a lot of times, especially like a few models that I love just shooting and I kind of like never get sick of shooting with them. It's like that dance and we're in sync And we're just moving with the music and I'm just catching like these different kind of moments with them. And then there's the other models where I'm like, oh my gosh. And it's on the computer screen. It's just like every single shot almost is like you blinking. <laughs> like what is happening? Like, are you blinking too much or am I just catching you blinking? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, hang on one second. And you're just trying to delete all the shots of them mid blink. Yeah. Or mid mouth open. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks bad. <laughs> Especially if there is a client. It's always yeah. a disaster. Like, oh, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just have to step back and reset. Yeah. Slow down. Sometimes it's, I'm just shooting too fast because I'm like in this mode of like doing this dance. But then it's just sometimes people don't sync up with you as much as you want them to. Mm -hmm. Or they are a little bit more stiff. Not everyone has the same style, especially if like the model is a newer model. Oh, yeah. It's like that's kind of a little bit of a struggle of getting comfortable. I mean, I don't like getting my photo taken, so. Me neither. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like so uncomfortable, but I mean, obviously they have to. They're a model. <laughs> yeah, I'm really eager to learn your method because it's something different. And I think you have more options of getting more photos because whenever you are dictating your model what to do they're doing the pose that you want and you have the pose but whenever someone is shooting the way you do i think you can end up with more poses and more diverse photo shoot at the end of the day i think so that's kind of what i've been concentrating on is trying to get like a range of emotion And I'm like you, I don't like overshooting. I used to overshoot so much and it was just awful just trying to narrow everything down. So mm -hmm. right now I kind of stick to around 100 images per look, but then I try to cram as much emotion in and that's what I communicate to them. We're trying to get as much emotion in this one look. So give me a range is what I always say. Mm -hmm. So whenever you shoot like that, Do you usually stick to emotion per photo or you try to have cohesive editorial with the same emotion? It depends, I think, on also the look with the model with the purple hair in the beginning. We put her in this 
cowboy-ish outfit, and that was playful mm-hmm. outfit. So mostly happy, mm-hmm. kind of goofy. So I think it just depends, but for the most part, I usually have them give me a range in general per look, as much emotion as we can go through. And what do you do with your makeup artists? Do you usually tell them what you want to have at the end? Or you're just giving them the freedom to do whatever they want? For test shoots, I come up, I usually pull references and then I'll send it to them. But I don't like having that exact, like I'm not trying to like copy looks. Like yeah. I'm just using it as an inspiration. I always go in to shoot with a mood board, but I never expect to have those exact images. I let the shoot go however it needs to go. The makeup artists and the hairstylists too, we all collaborate on what the best hair and makeup combination is going to be with the clothes too, and how to do the transition between having usually like a cleaner look in the beginning and then being able to kind of add as we go. Mm-hmm. It's always a collaborative thing. I don't ever walk away and just say, okay, like whatever you want to do. I did that in the beginning, I felt like where I would go in with references And then I would tell the makeup artist or hairstylist what I was looking for, but then I wouldn't be involved. And then it would always end up being like this crazy disaster where I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I'm confused at this look, but it's, it was my fault because I'm the director of the shoot and I wasn't there and I didn't control it enough. So you're taking responsibility. I love that. You have to. I mean, it's your shoe. <laughs> and then true. if you let it run away and then... You come home with these images and you're like, well, now I have to retouch these images and I don't even like them because I didn't do what I was supposed to. And that's the most awful feeling in the world when you have to continue working on something that you don't like already. Yeah, it is pretty awful. And then I always provide images, even if the shoot didn't go well, like I always provide images and try to do the best that I can. But that was mostly in the beginning where I'd have to retouch images from a bad shoot. Now it's bad shoots should not be happening any- mm-hmm. <laughs> anymore, you know? That's why you test shoot. It's like you learn. Everything is like a learning experience. Every shoot you come out of, you think to yourself, like, what could I have done better? Or what should I have not done at all? Do you go back to your old photo shoots to analyze them? Once I cycle them out, I don't usually. Because <laughs> <laughs> you already experienced I see images, I'm like, oh, I remember exactly what happened with that shoot. And it was not good. So <laughs> that's why you test you. And, you know, you have to test you. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even if you're shooting jobs all the time, you still make time for test shoots. And usually test shoots are too, like, what you end up getting hired for. Exactly. That's the reason why people are coming to you. Because these photo shoots are usually the place where you can show all of your creativity. Exactly. Because it's not the same with a client. I agree. But I'm sure that you had to go over your old photo shoots when you signed up with the new agency, right? Yeah, or I don't show them at all. <laughs> I kind of went through that with my first agency where I sent them kind of all the images and... I had been with that agency, I think, for like two, two and a half years or something. So, I mean, at some point when I started with my most recent agency, it's like, you already know, those are an older look. It's just not relevant. Have you had just two agencies? Yeah. 
Just two sounds like it's not enough. No, it's no oh, one no, of it. <laughs> it's good. I don't want to be moving agencies yeah. too much, you know, because it ends up being a different experience and you have to build that. Even though I've started with this new agency, but I was shooting jobs and stuff with my first agent, it still ends up being a transitional thing. What was the reason you decided to switch agencies? I think with my first agent, I signed with her too when I really didn't need an agent. And the reason for that was like, I wasn't really shooting jobs. Really, the only time you need an agent is when you have already established yourself as a photographer, you're getting jobs on your own, and then you find an agent, which I think a lot of people mistake that for. I want jobs, so I need an agent so that they can do everything for me. And that's not how it is. You get an agent when you're already established, And it's a 50-50 partnership, not they're doing everything for you. I always compare having an agent or seeking an agent like you're dating. <laughs> I think it's the best accurate thing. If you're going to be seeking an agency, date around. See who you vibe with because basically you're going to be in a long-term relationship with them and you're going to mm -hmm. have to tackle a lot of different things together. And you want to make sure that you guys are on the same page and that you have a good relationship and a good communication too. Most of the people think that they need an agent in order to have work. And I think you formulated this so good. I totally agree with you that a photographer needs to have this connection with their agent and also that it's a real relationship. And actually, you're not the very first one saying this in this podcast, just like with the actual dating, you have to show what you're capable of, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so I believe you had to show your portfolio and several times you mentioned it. And I really want to know more about your book. Is it physical book? Is it um, online? What do you show to your clients? Because eventually, even if you have an agent or you don't, your portfolio is meant to be shown in front of a client. So how does your portfolio look like? I have a printed physical book and I print everything myself. Oh, yeah. So nice. I have that and I have a set of two of them so that I have one if I need to do my own meeting. And then I have my other book with my agency so that they, mm -hmm. when they are going into meetings, they can take that book. Things have really transitioned. A lot of people are doing iPads, which I've done before too. Usually if it's like a last minute, someone wants to meet with me and if the meeting's in a, a few days, like mm -hmm. I can't print a whole book in a few days. Like <laughs> it, that is like a month long thing of putting everything into an order and then printing it and then doing color corrections. It's, it's a really tedious process. If the meeting's in like a few days, I'll just literally go to Apple, buy the nicest iPad and then return it after I'm done, which is kind of crappy, but I do do it if I need something right away. Or if I'm showing motion too, I have a motion book. Um, I'll put that in there if I feel like it's relevant to them. And that's really the only way that you show motion is on a, a screen. So yeah, <laughs> for now, who knows? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, my agency is pretty big on printed. Everyone has a printed book with my previous agent. I had done all this work and she had an office in New York and in LA. So that's why I have a set of two books. So one was in New York, one was in LA. 
it was interesting. She said people weren't really interested in seeing physical books anymore from her point of view. Mm-hmm. With my agency now, they're saying everyone wants to see printed. So I think it's really dependent on who the client is. Yeah. There are such a range of people. So I also do have a printed book and I think mm-hmm. it is important. But if someone comes to me and they're like, hey, can you take a look at my portfolio and they show me an iPad, it's not going to be a disaster or anything. I mean, it's just, it depends on the person too. It's not just a client, I think. Yeah. It's your personal touch. Yeah. And I feel like if your work is good, it's going to look good either way, whether it's printed or on an iPad or on like a website. So. Absolutely. I think a lot of people want to see like the physical book, especially if you're looking for if they work with a lot of print Mm -hmm. advertisement. I think it's going to be relatable if they see your book in print. Definitely. Yeah. And also, I really love the fact that you do something that I also do. And it's having a particular portfolio for a particular client. Because especially when you're at the beginning, you don't have that much work and you're trying to always show it to everyone. And I really think it's a mistake. That's the reason why people should make more test photo shoots to have more of a diverse portfolio to show to different clients. Yeah, definitely. I also put together PDFs Mm -hmm. that are emailed and you kind of cater to that specific client. So like you're not going to send the same PDF to all these different clients if it's not Definitely. relevant. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's important to kind of cater to that person and let them know that you're you're thinking of their brand specifically. And you're not just like throwing a bunch of images in that aren't relevant to them. <laughs> I love the fact that we started talking about agencies and also clients because this is a big topic. And what you said that a photographer should be established before having an actual agency, it's super important to me. There is something that I'm very sure everyone in the audience is thinking about right now, whether you're still trying to approach clients. And I'm sure what the answer is, but please let us know for those of the people in the audience that are wondering. Oh, yeah. It's nice to have your agency do promotions and reach outs for you because I think it's they're established. It's like coming from them. But I am always targeting my own clients, too. So I also do email newsletters that I'll send out and I make a list and I'm always researching clients that I like and knowing brands that are new and what they're like about. I'm always doing my own research and I'll do a client reach out on my own too. It really depends on the people. Sometimes bigger company or like an ad agency, I think that they want to hear from my agent versus me. Yeah. If it's for like editorial magazines, I usually feel like they are wanting to hear from the photographer themselves. So it's really, it's just really dependent. Do you have a specific timing when you're approaching clients? Yeah. Yeah, right. Timing Timing is important. (laughs) Don't send an email out on a weekend. Right. Just be smart about it. Think about what people are doing on a Monday. On a Monday, they're probably catching up from all the emails, work emails that they got over the weekend or on Friday, right? So I want to send it out on Monday because they're doing a catch-up emails. If I'm going to send out a newsletter email through like MailChimp, I (laughs) usually would do it midweek. Yeah. Wednesday or Thursday, Friday, people are getting ready for the weekend and they don't want to deal with anything. 
usually Wednesday, Thursday is a great day as far as time of year. I wouldn't send out around Christmas. Yeah. I would maybe send out in late January when people are ready to get back into work mode and budgets are renewed. (laughs) Yes, you have to be smart about that. I would also use Tuesday, to be honest. Oh, Tuesday is good too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at my schedule and usually on Tuesday, I'm done with the mails from the last week. Mm -hmm. I've answered everything or at least I hope I did. Mm-hmm. And after that, Tuesday is usually very productive day for me. So yeah, for me, it's Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, I think it just depends. Yeah. And what about the time of the month? Do you send them every month or not that often or every time that you have something new to show? I've been trying to do it twice a year, but the last couple of years, I just did it one time, mm-hmm. once a year. But then I'm working on doing like a specific promotion with PDFs where I'm catering my PDFs and sending it to certain clients or clients that I've met with in the past who've asked to be updated. I'll send them specific work for them. So that's my next thing that I'm doing. I've been working with a designer to design this specific PDF. And then I'll also do email newsletter push too. But all that stuff takes so much time because it's like you kind of have to... They do. Especially my email newsletter has a lot of type in it. And I I try to make it as personal as possible and let people know what I've been up to. But writing it is a lot of work too. It is awful. (laughs) And editing down the images that, you know, are the most important. That's also important. And then I collaborate with my agency too. So then it's also like another round of notes after that. So it's really not easy, straightforward procedure. it's a lot of working things to get to that point of finally being like, okay, I can send this. And it's so time consuming. Yeah. Yeah. It's it just is. awfully time consuming. And at the same time, to be honest with you, I'm really bad with words. <laughs> I mean, I'm great when I have to talk, but when I have to write, oh my God, I always feel like everybody has so much work and I'm intimidating at the moment. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> but unfortunately, or fortunately, I'm not quite sure. This is the way the world goes right now. So I think it's something very normal to do. Do you still send some paper portfolios, like something small? Do you have any of those? I haven't mailed them, but if I'm doing meetings or if my agency is doing a meeting or multiple meetings, they usually do meetings in like New York or like Chicago, San Francisco, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So in LA, I'll print a bunch so that they can take them to the meetings and people can take them there. I'm still kind of on the fence of sending mailing promos out to people. I think if I were to do it, I would do a really nice edition of like a hundred and have the promotion be really nice where it's like a little book or something like that versus just like a postcard. I think people are so already overwhelmed yeah, by like all the stuff that they get. If you're going to send something, it should be something really thought out so that they're actually going to keep it and remember you. So it has to be something clever, not just like, I feel like a postcard with one image on the back and do like a personal touch of writing a note or something like that too is important. Yeah, something very personal, I think would work. But again, you have to be so creative for those things. Yeah, (laughs) to get attention, right? (laughs) To get like, hello. Absolutely. Please remember me. And you've got to be also creative with your work, with your approach. Exactly. 
there's so many aspects. And I was wondering, how do you stay creative? What do you do to keep your inspiration flowing? I go through different phases. Last, the end of 2019, I, I was a little burnt out. I was traveling a lot too. So I wasn't test shooting as much, mostly because I'm in the phase right now where I'm like, what's the next step? <laughs> My agency was like, you know how to shoot beauty. It's very clear that you do and that you have a strong book of it. So what's next is kind of been the question of how do I move forward? <laughs> I took a bit of time off. I did a couple of shoots that I was really proud of and then was working on jobs and stuff. But I took the opportunity around Christmas time to give myself a mental rest so that I can refresh and figure out what I'm going to do next. So now I'm transitioning now where I'm, okay, I'm excited about shooting again. I'm like talking to my teams. What's next? What are we going to do? Let's schedule some shoots. I think a lot of people try to shoot through their burnouts and their creative blocks. And I don't really, I've never been a believer in that. I've always have given myself the space. And if I need to take the time, I take the time and then I'll always end up missing shooting and then I'll get back into it. So I kind of go through waves where I'm really about shooting and I shoot a lot. And then times two where I'm like, I'm creatively blocked and I, I need like a mental break. I think your agents are very right that you know how to shoot beauty. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Maybe you are the perfect person to ask on some tips on how to shoot freckles because it is challenging and not everybody knows how to do it, but I'm sure you can give the audience some great advice. Don't overexpose. And it's really about your makeup artist. The makeup artist that I work with, if the girl has beautiful skin, they don't put a bunch of foundation on them. They leave their skin natural. And that's really the most beautiful way for it to be photographed, the skin. So if the model has a bunch of freckles, my makeup artist doesn't load a bunch of foundation on her. They keep the skin natural. That's really going to be the best way. And then don't overexpose. And Maybe you need a more complicated question. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel comfortable shooting two models? Is it something that challenges you or you know how to do it perfectly? I do shoot people in a group, have shot two models together. I think the most important thing is making them feel comfortable with each other. If they're uncomfortable, mm -hmm. it shows so much. It's so awkward. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really important that they vibe. You kind of make the connection that they connect with you too, as well as connect with each other and that they know their bodies well enough so that they can pose together. If they're doing a tight shot where they have to be close together and have like their arms intertwined or their head resting on the shoulder, like they have to feel comfortable doing that. Otherwise, it's going to show. How awkward this is actually. <laughs> yeah, and it, but I think it is like a challenge too. It is. Especially if like two of the girls are shot, they're both shy or, you know, they're just not like feeling it. It can be challenging. What do you do in a moment like this? Do you let them move freely? Usually it takes a little bit more. Mm -hmm. It's not as easy as just shooting one model. You definitely have to help them pose. One girl might be shorter than the other. How do you compensate for that? Are they sitting or are they, is it going to be easier to stand? Especially when they're so close together, it really have to make them comfortable and figure out the best way, like especially if one of them is taller than the other. Are they standing? Are they on an Apple box? 
it is challenging for sure. And it's like something that I have to do more of is the group shots. Oh, that's nice. So we found another challenge for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about is like having to be challenged and work it out and be comfortable enough to keep doing it. So have you always been like that? Seeking to go out of your comfort zone, seeking discomfort, the way our favorite people from Yesteri are usually saying. Yesteri is a YouTube channel with several guys that are saying yes to ridiculous things, but they're never something stupid, which I love because it's oh, interesting. Of, yeah, right. It's full of channels that are doing challenging things, but stupid things. And these guys are so amazing. They will. For example, go in another city and try to escape from it, but still be very respectful to everyone, being very, very sweet to everyone. And they always succeed somehow, <laughs> but always through kindness and always through respect. And I love their channel. So definitely oh. check them out. <laughs> yeah, I'll just check it out. I haven't heard of that. Yeah. And their motto is actually seeking discomfort because they think oh. that you can reach your potential, higher potential through seeking discomfort. So I was wondering, were you always seeking your discomfort or were there a moment when you were settled and you were like, okay, I shoot beauty in a beautiful way. I'm really good at this. I don't need to evolve. I get really restless and I'll get bored. <laughs> so I'm always trying to do different things. I don't know. I feel like I always have to be stimulated. That's just how I've always been. And I feel like challenges are always good. I seek challenges, I think, too, because, you know, you never really know what comes out of it. I never wanted to shoot in studio before. I hated shooting <laughs> in studio. And then I embraced it. And then after a few shoots, you push on. And it doesn't mean it's not complicated. My next shoot is going to be shooting men. Mm-hmm as beauty shoe. And I've never really done that. And it makes me uncomfortable. And you go with the thoughts of like, what if this is like a disaster? Me and this male model, is, we're just staring at each other. And I'm just like, I don't like, I <laughs> don't know what to say. And I freeze up. But I always try to go into every situation with confidence. The second that I feel insecure, or I'm questioning myself, I'll bomb it. <laughs> <laughs> When I've had not so much in my professional career, thank God I haven't had like a bad experience. But in the past, when you're interviewing for a job or something like that, and you get nervous, and then it downward spirals out. I've learned from that, that I try to take every experience with confidence, even if I don't quite know what I'm doing. If I feel confident in myself, I will figure it out. And if it doesn't go well, then there's always a next time and you just analyze the situation afterwards. Okay, so... It didn't go as well as I wanted it to. What can I do better next time? That's exactly what I was thinking. Because when you said, what if I don't know what to do with this model? And I was like, yeah, what if it is disaster? What are you going to do afterwards? And then I thought to myself, well, you're not a surgeon. It's not oh, the end of God. the world. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> thank God I'm not. <laughs> so you can simply redo the shoot and try again and see if it works. And I think that's the beauty of our life that we get the chance to try again. Yeah. And not everything is going to work out perfectly. And you just have to try to not be discouraged and just keep going and making the next one better and then the next one better. That's really all that you can do. And to 
not get too caught up in making everything perfect so that you can have the opportunity for like little surprises and little moments where you try new things. I hope that this interview was a little bit of a challenge, but a good one for you. It was. Thank you for having me. It was a true blessing to have Joy here in the podcast, and I'm so glad that we had the chance to talk on topics that I know that you're super excited about. If you feel inspired from the podcast, don't forget to subscribe to it, because this way you receive a notification for each and every one of our future episodes. If you have already subscribed, of course, share this podcast with all of your photography friends. And guys, thank you so much for listening. I cannot wait to see you again next Wednesday. Wednesday.